So no, no, no bits at the start. I have two administrative notes. One, <clears throat> if you listen to the last episode on Walk Hard, which kicked off our month on music movies, it's May Music Month. Um, I noted many times that I was going to be putting timestamps in the description to say when we stopped talking about Bo is Afraid so people could skip forward if they didn't want spoilers. And I didn't do that. <laughs> so whoopsie. Um, I did notice and I put them in a few days later. But if you listen to the first few days, you probably kept in that 30 seconds forward and you were probably surprised that we talked about Bo is Afraid for 17 minutes. But I uh, so I'm sorry <laughs> that you had to hit it 34 times. <laughs> but um <laughs> It's there now. In case you need, in case you were like, I'm not going to do this until he puts in the timestamps. They're there now. Go go back and listen again, and now you'll have the timestamps. <clears throat> um, and this isn't like a smooth transition, but uh, the the writers have struck. The WGA is on strike right now, and uh, you know solidarity and all that. And Child your your writer yeah. is not on strike. No, no. As as you know, I don't know how to start the podcast, so it'll either be um, something like a call for. Uh, labor unity and an apology for the last episode or something more like uh welcome to late to the movies my name is ben holton this is a podcast where my friends and i get to fill in our movie blind spots each week we'll pick a movie that either i or a guest hadn't seen before and really should have by now this week continuing may music month a month-long look at not musicals but movies about music or heavily featuring it it's scott pilgrim versus the world edgar wright's 2010 michael Sarah starring uh, really good movie. I don't know what the last uh, noun would have been there. I couldn't think of one. Anyway, my guest, left to right across your podcast aisle this week, we got Ray. Hi. Greg. Hey. Martha. Hi. And Robbie. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Using his normal voice as always. <laughs> my normal voice. <clears throat> uh, yeah, this writer's strike, guys. What do we think? This <laughs> Krusty Krab is kick unfair. It, kick, we'll kick it around. This is a good movie to do during the writer's strike because from what I'm aware of, there wasn't weren't any writers for the movie because it's just the book so we are this is this is okay to do we're not um <laughs> what is it scabs or something word uh word yeah brian lee o'malley very much involved with like on set every day working closely with edgar wright so i think that still counts as a writer involved <laughs> uh but yeah no these studios they're they're uh they should give the writers enough money to to live they want to replace all writers and actors with ai because they don't understand how art works and what people like about it. Oh, yeah, that chat GPT, great work. I'd put them in charge of all the scripts. That's sure. what they want. That was that was one of the things that they wouldn't agree to, is not using AI instead of writers. So, Chat GPT anyway. won't even write me a rude email. I can't imagine if I asked it to go through a, a picket line. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> so then they're going to need like some kind of chat GPT unlocked, and I don't want to see what that looks like. Anyway, uh, as always, the bosses. That's that's our the official company line. <laughs> Coming from the guy who doesn't pay us, right? This is. Um, I mean, I, I pay the world in general. I lose money on this, as I always say. So you know, you're making out better than I am. On that that sounds like what a, lo a lot of bosses say. I feel like Jeff Bezos has a similar bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's losing money. Pay, pay no attention to the record profits in the two hundred million dollars salary I'm drawing. I'm making less money than ever. <laughs> Typical. Um, so yeah, he did just buy a new car. <laughs> this is late to the movies is unfair. I only had to borrow oh, some of the man. money from my mom. Um, so. <laughs> Is what do this you guys how you expected this to start? <laughs> yes. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> pretty much pretty much right on pretty much right on target. Uh what have you guys been watching lately before we get into the movie? Uh I recently rewatched Wally. -E. <laughs> I showed it nice. to my kid 
And I forgot that I think that is like one of Pixar's best movies. So I was just that talking was about Wally. I really, I really want to show it to my kids. Yeah, we we had like shown it to Ren when she was too little to really understand anything other than like, oh, this is the TV on. We showed her this time and she was real into it. So Yeah, it's what, the first 35, 40 minutes don't really have dialogue, something like that. Wally. Yeah, but it's like a robot just doing stuff. And yeah. you know, so it's a lot of questions like what, what's he doing? Why is he doing that? Why, <laughs> what where is he? So you add your own dialogue if you're of a yes. certain age. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh yeah, that movie is great. It's out now in the Criterion collection. Anybody else watch anything recently? I I read fifty four animorph books. Are you are you done with animorphs <laughs> I'm, yet? I'm done with all the animorphs. <sighs> I can animorph now. <laughs> yeah, you, you you figure out the secret at the end of book fifty four. Yeah, like if once you've read all of them, you're just like, I get it now. But once you've had that responsibility, like you, you have to, you need a, a reason to use it, and it hasn't arisen yet. So yeah, yeah, yeah. If there's like a kid in danger or something, and you see me like flash off as like a hawk or something, it's gonna be me. Yeah, I mean, what else is new, though? You know, (laughs) same old, same old. Uh, Have you watched anything? You don't have to have, but no, I've been doing reruns, if that's allowed. Absolutely. Reruns of Outlander prepping for season seven. Nice. But yeah, that's what I've been watching, because I think the season seven's come out this summer. Uh okay. <laughs> it's a great show. <laughs> I'm sure it is. It's uh it the sh- it's the showrunner's Ronald Moore who did the Battlestar Galactica reboot, which I love, and for some reason I haven't watched Outlander. But it looks good. The the main lady in it is in other stuff that I like, I think. Yes. I although I can never really pronounce her name. Katarina Balf. Balf, yeah, she was in Belfast. Yes. You guys watched Belfast? Yes. Mm-hmm. She was the lady who didn't get nominated instead of uh, Judy Dench's like three scenes. Whatever. No one remembers Belfast. It's fine. I I watched a few things recently, but most, I guess, current, I watched the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie earlier today. How was it? Oh. Mm. I loved it. Yep. Really? To-do list. Yep. Wow. I don't want to, I mean, I don't think any of you have seen it, so I don't want to spoil anything. Did that like just come out? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just kind of out on Marvel, so I wasn't really planning on seeing it. Yes, I am too. Um, I haven't wanted to go see a Marvel movie for a while. The last one I actually did go see was Thor Love and Thunder, which I thought ate, ate my, I don't know. So how does it rank with the other Guardian movies? Um, like rank one, two, three. Two, one, three. Okay, well, I didn't like two, so I don't know. Ooh, you might not like this because okay. it's it's a lot more you like two. like two? How come? I just didn't think it lived up to one. Mm. Uh, yeah. I'm in the same boat there, honestly. It's not. As... I mean, I felt the same way. Like one was just cla- one, like made classic. Mm-hmm. That was yes. it. Was just cla- it just that was a classic. Put it in the, a box and save it. The other was like trying adventure to be classic. team up. Yes, yeah, I was trying too hard. Yeah, um, the music two, wasn't as good too. Yeah, two is yeah. more of a personal kind of like open ended story, not as much of like an adventure thing. Um, and then three is similar, though there is more of like a mission. I guess I don't want to be too spoilerific, so because um, this movie just came out, yeah, uh, I liked it a lot. I think it was really good. My sister said she cried seven times, <laughs> so <laughs> interesting. A lot of good jokes too. Okay, I'm not okay. saying if they were because she was laughing so hard or because she was sad, but uh, I mean, I've cried at I cried at one Marvel movie. It was the last Avengers movie. I cried, sure. but that was like in 2018. I think that was the last time I seen 18 or 19. Movie. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Um, I don't know. It's uh, it was it was really good. I liked it a lot. Um, and I it was also like had definitely had the realization as it was ending. Like I don't 
know the next time I'm going to see a Marvel movie in theaters because mm. I'm not interested in anything else they have coming up. Yeah. So there. let's talk about the movie. Who wants to give us a one minute plot summary for Scott Pilgrim versus the world? Okay. Ready? So Scott Pilgrim is dating a high schooler. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and he's in a band. Turns out uh, he kind of sucks. Uh, he sees a girl that he wants to date instead of this high schooler, uh, Ramona Flowers. He starts chasing after her. It turns out she has a bunch of ex-boyfriends who have formed the the League of Evil Exes, and Scott's going to have to fight them all now for Ramona. Uh, we kind of follow him along in a kind of comic booky formatted adventure here as he fights these kind of super-powered video game battles against these evil exes uh, while he's also doing the Battle of the Bands. This kind of culminates with the person who they're trying to get to sign them being the final evil ex. Scott's got to go fight him. Uh, in the end, he manages to kind of patch up a lot of these shitty things he's done, uh, relationships he's kind of ruined with girls and other friends and things like that. And he is able to kind of defeat this last evil ex and win Ramona. Uh, they almost kind of part ways in the end. And then Scott realizes that he wants to uh, be with Ramona and that they're kind of a good match and they kind of have everything patched up and they go off through some magical door because kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Scene. See, and, and scene. Uh, let, let's go around the horn. I've seen this movie a whole bunch of times. It's one of the movies I've seen most in my lifetime, including the re-release a couple years ago. I saw it in theaters three times and then at home a whole bunch of other times. How about you guys? Yeah, I've seen it a ton of times. Yeah. Yes, I've seen it the same amount of times. We actually saw it like in theaters and it's like two weeks it was in theaters before it bombed out of same. the theaters. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and this was my very first time. Yay! Woo! So we can keep doing the podcast. <laughs> um, Huzzah! I, I've seen it a, a good amount of times and I feel like I, it's gone from a movie that I kind of enjoyed to this most recent time I was like, this might be my favorite movie in the world. Um, <laughs> this is like my comfort movie. Like when I yeah. need like comfort, I put it on and I watch I it. I see why. Mm-hmm. It, I see it, why. It's going to be real awkward if you didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So listen, guys, when you first asked me, when you first asked me, I remember Derek was like, you're not going to like this movie. And I was like, this is going to suck then. And then um, we, uh, we ended up watching it and I... I, I absolutely loved it. Yeah, I thought it was hilarious. All right, Scott Pilgrim haters, this is not the episode for you. <laughs> no, I mean, I just watched it like two weeks ago, too, because it was like leaving Netflix or something. So mm-hmm. I was expecting on this watch, I was like, oh, I'm not even going to want to pay attention. Like, I just watched this. I hate rewatching movies. And um, I was just as into it as I was two weeks ago. I knew it was on Netflix. And I went to Netflix. I was like, where is it? It's on Peacock now. Yeah, and Peacock. when I searched for it, like a random title came up, like in like Helvetica font, no colors. It just said Scott Pilgrim yeah. versus the World, and That's I clicked what on it, does. and there was nothing there. It was just like yeah. more like this, and I was like, uh, "But Jesus. they got your clicks for advertising." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got to hoard all that money and not pay writers. You've seen it a bunch too. Use the same amount, you think? Oh yeah, I've seen <laughs> it. It's, oh, it, almost exactly the same. I love this movie. Yeah. It's just so funny. It like really is my exact sense of humor this movie. <laughs> yeah, we, same. We loved it even the first time we saw this thing in theaters. It I, was pretty poorly reviewed and didn't do well in box offices, but I think we were, what, freshman year in high school, uh, freshman year in college, rather. I think I was like 19 when it came out, 2010. 
Um, and it's I was a sophomore. Yeah, yeah. So that makes sense. And it's just like perfectly attuned to I think our generation's sensibilities. Um, and I think uh, I mean like a lot of Edgar Wright movies, the pacing is really fast and kinetic. Mm. And I think if you're like an old guy who didn't grow up with the internet or playing video games, then it's probably pretty incomprehensible to you the way this movie looks. That's is, fair. Is that why this thing bombed? Like what, what happened? Cause that's not a great word of mouth and, and we'll get into it more, but it was Michael Sarah fatigue a lot also. Well, that was part of the reason why I, I wasn't sure if I was going to like it. Cause not, I didn't really love a lot of the other movies that he was in. Um, it's just that those kind of movies were really not my style. So when I found out yeah. he was in, I was like, it's going to be one of those movies. And I think that's why Derek's like, eh, you're not going to like it. But Derek was kind of like you, Robbie, where he was like, I like, I don't really remember liking it. And this time he was like, why did I not like it? This movie was fantastic. Yeah. It, it, I tell him to watch it a third time. And he's going to be like, this movie is one of the best movies. That Cause okay. you watch it again. And I'm like, every part of this movie was so perfectly crafted like every bit is so interconnected crafted is the right word like carefully every second of that movie was carefully put together in it all with 10 layers of audio all doing something interesting <laughs> and it goes so fast that you know you're gonna miss something so like yeah. i'm looking forward to watching it again and being like oh i didn't catch it that that there time. are still things yes. that uh, as we're watching, I'm like, oh, I've never noticed this before. This yeah. time, for some random reason, I think one of the kids woke up at some random part, and we just hit pause. And when I did, I noticed there was, like, there was just like a big X in the background that I, I was like, oh, I've never noticed. I noticed there's, there's a, a lot bunch. of them. Yeah, but there's I was like, oh, I've never seen this one. And this one's fucking huge. Uh, yes. There's X's and hearts all over the background of this movie if you watch it closely. I just, wow. I just can't understand how this movie bombs so hard when I love it so much. Like. Yeah. I Maybe feel like people it, just don't have that kind of sense of humor. I, I I don't know. I think it's I think it is quite popular with people our age now. Well, it's a cult. It could be considered mm -hmm. a cult movie, right? Pretty I think much, Ray was working at the theater at the time, and I think she said her theater, which is like one of the biggest ones, like locally, that's not in like you know Boston or like highest volume. And I think she said they had it for one week and they dropped it. They yep. made it one week. Well, what was the keep competing? I saw it in Swan. I saw it at Regal and Swansea too. Mm. I well, I think I, I think it. I think I mean, not even jokingly, I said Michael Sarah fatigue. So this is probably a good entry point. Um, 2007, he has Super Bad and Juno. Okay. 2008's Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. 2009, Year One and Youth and Revolt. And then 2010, Scott Pilgrim. And that's he's like a legit near a lister for a while, especially among people our age. He was our Austin Butler. <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah. Uh, yeah. just a fun oh, joke man. and um yeah and then i think people were just like this guy has the most punchable face i don't want to see him as the romantic lead in an action movie this is just a step too far and of course if you watch the movie that's the point is that he's actually an asshole <laughs> yeah he's supposed to suck yeah is he kind of sucks and is and it shouldn't be the romantic lead no. but sees himself as this main character in a movie okay and there isn't really like I he is the main character and I get that it didn't, doesn't feel like there's a a ton of Michael Sarah focus though you know like because there's always other stuff like it's never just yeah. Michael Sarah uh, I feel like if you counted up his lines too he probably doesn't dominate like the no I don't know 
It feels like it's pretty focused on Michael Sarah. <laughs> it is. Maybe he just doesn't talk a lot. That's why I'm I not. Think it's like, you don't. Uh, there's he, a lot of characters. Well, there's, there's a lot. lot it's a really good. Ensemble. It's a really good cast too. It's it's it, yeah. The cast is pretty stacked. And I think what, most of the time with Michael Sarah in a movie, he has this like vibe that almost doesn't match with the rest of the movie. A lot of times, like he is his own kind of thing. Yeah. But he he matches really well with this movie, so you don't get that mm-hmm. feeling. Yeah, that all, all awkward like Yeah, because the whole movie is so weird and it's kind of on his level, so it, you don't notice it as yeah. much. I feel like yes. I kind of disagreed with you because it was funny, but I but I see what you mean. Is <laughs> that like it is the world feels so lived in and like that he's just a part of it that it's not like here's this guy who's sticking out and weird and quirky. Like everyone is on that. Yeah, it's same. it's not like Juno totally. where you're like now I have to watch Michael Sarah for like an hour and a half straight yes. and it's like yes, exactly. Michael Sarah. Yeah, that, I think exactly. that's the good way to put it, Ben. It's he doesn't stick out because everything kind of has yes. that weird quirkiness. To it's it. all it's all in Edgar Wright. Speed and Brian it, Leo Malley's him and Aubrey Ob- like, Plaza are like chocolate and peanut butter. They're such like a fantastic. That like, is this the best way to put it with those two. Yes, and apparently <laughs> so they much. they uh, they started dating right around this. Movie. Did they? Re- oh my god! I would love to just like watch them date as. Like, how, do you, how do you do that with your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this cast list is fucking Pilgrim. stacked in this movie. So, so were, were you surprised at all the famous people in this yes. movie? Yes, <laughs> I was looking up the cast before, and yes, um, I also just really appreciated that they were rolling the credits before the movie. Yeah. Um, you just don't Great ever you don't ever see that in newer movies. Um, so I, I just love the shout out of like old cartoon like Batman. Like here are all the credits <laughs> beforehand, yeah. mm. and the names just kept coming. Um, so, and I absolutely love uh, Aubrey Plaza. So I, w- she wasn't in it as much as I wanted her to be in it, but her nope. every single time she's in it, she nailed it. Mm. And I was so pumped to have they her. They got good timing. So they have Anna Kendrick sign on before the Twilight movies come out. Okay. Um, they get Aubrey Plaza to sign on before Parks and Rec comes out. Oh, man. Um, Brie Larson, <laughs> yeah. Academy Award winner Brie Larson is, is 19 <laughs> yeah. when they film this. Um, incredible. She just like auditions. Um I guess awesome. like it's awesome. Brandon Routh, who plays Todd the Third Evil X, he had he had already been Superman. So, um, Chris Evans had already been Human Torch, but hadn't been Captain America, or he yeah. is Captain mm-hmm. America in 2010 for the first time, or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Avengers doesn't come out till 2012 either way. Um, but yeah, I mean, then that's we already mentioned Kieran Culkin, Michael Sarah, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. We haven't said yet. Plays Ramona. Who's Gideon? Jason Schwartzman. Schwartzman, yeah. Schwartzman, that's right. Yep, stacked. I so noticed, and I know this isn't really indicative of anything, but uh, in the end credits, Mary Elizabeth Winstead's like 10th. And I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they probably didn't pay her very much, I guess, if that's the case. She's definitely the like least recognizable for me of like all the people. Like I was I, I feel like she looks familiar. I couldn't put place her what else she's in. Because that's Ramona, Sky right? High was pro- when I saw this movie, okay. my big pull for her was probably she's the main villain in Sky High. Okay. okay. Spoiler alert. Yeah. That's she's yeah, the love interest for the first half of the movie. Oh, she's <laughs> um, in a lot of shit, actually. She's um, uh, she's married to you and McGregor. Yes. Oh, is she really? I think that's kind of a recent thing, he, he, right? Last couple of years. Well, a, they just got married. Yeah, it's pretty um, In 2022, she was married yeah, to yeah, Riley yeah. Stearns before. Very good for them. Um, yes. Then Birds of Prey. Did anyone else see that? No, I knew she was Mm-mm. in that one, though. She's, she's in that. She's good in that. It's, it's an under, underrated movie. It's pretty good. Mm. 
And you're expecting like the DC movies to all be bad. <laughs> and that one was pretty good. Fair. No and way. The villain was Ewan McGregor. They, I think they met on that movie. Uh, oh, okay. scandalous. Now, who always sticks out to me in this movie, and I don't even know his name, uh, and he's got like two scenes. It's the guy who knows everybody in town, and he's yes. the IT guy from The Office. Yes. <laughs> you yes. watch New Girl. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Robbie. Ro- Robbie, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, yes, Robbie. he was in New, New Girl? Yeah, he's, he's uh, Robbie. He's Robbie. He's what? Robbie. Yeah, he's in a bunch of things. I love that guy so it's, much. It's funny because I don't know who he is, but in the office, they don't know his name. So yes. always like, it's like something oh. weird. Oh. Yeah, he's I in a million him. things. Yeah. yeah. I thought he looked familiar. I kept seeing, I was like, I know this guy. Yeah. He's in and like I love two New scenes Girl. and he yeah. says something incomprehensible in both scenes or something. So if you like the first one, the first one's even better or something their, like ridiculous. Their first record's much better than their first record. <laughs> something yeah. like that. It's a good cast. It's a good it's cast. It's wicked good. Allison Pill. Yes, Allison Pill from Every- Newsroom and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, I loved her in Newsroom, so I was really pumped to see her in this. <laughs> they must have got a bargain on this cast. Yeah, they got them young. They got them before they were in their biggest things for the most part. Aside from, like I said, I guess literally Brandon Roth would be the only one because he had already been in the Kevin Spacey Superman movie. Wow, that movie is that old? Yeah. When did that come out? 2004 or five, something like that, right? I feel old all of a sudden. But yeah, so they get all these people super young, and I guess Kieran Culkin as a child actor had been in some other stuff too. Yeah. But Brandon Routh and um, Chris Evans are the only ones that had made like action movies before. So they have like a boot camp kind of thing where all the young people are coming in you know, 8 a.m. or whatever every morning to this giant warehouse if you watch the the behind-the-scenes stuff where they have all, like, just basically, like, training stuff going on. And everyone's doing it. I get They started seeing it as, like, a team-building activity. So, like, Edgar Wright is also participating in, like, the kung fu training that they're all doing because most of them are doing, like, their own wire work and some of their own fight choreography, too. The fight choreography in this movie is so good. It is. I was so surprised by it. Yeah, so Mary Elizabeth Winstead has a background as a dancer, so she was, like, actually good at it, but pretty much no one else had any kind of movement background, but that's actually Michael Sarah doing a lot of the non-impact choreography. Yeah, I thought it was funny because in the the fight with... um, Chris Evans, where he has all the stunt doubles, like it's clearly yeah. a stunt double for Michael Sarah <laughs> yeah. fighting the stunt doubles. Yes. <laughs> when, when they're doing like jumping spin kicks and like actually falling down and stuff, it's stunt doubles. But. I, love, yes. I love that they do that and then they do like the whole scene and then he turns away and instead of like showing the rest of the fight, he's like, okay, yep, and I did that and they're all beat up now. Like I just. <clears throat> There's a lot of times where you're like, oh, that's lazy or blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, that was perfect. That's exactly how you finish that. Uh, yeah. Let's get into the plot a little bit. Um, so this movie starts with, uh, do you guys know who does the voiceovers? Like the narration that happens just a few times throughout the movie? No. Bill Hader. Oh, that's fantastic. No way. Yeah. yeah. So just another very yeah. much more famous now than in 2010 person. Yes. <laughs> This movie really does start so perfect. Like, yes. the, just the it, Scott Pilgrim is dating a high schooler. Yep. <laughs> Scott, are you dating a high schooler? Yeah. The book starts the exact same way. Yes. With Except the exact same, like, scene. Scott Pilgrim in the books is 23 instead of 22, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So I guess it's a little bit tighter, but. Is the movie, like, like, verbatim, like, the exact same as the book, or did they do, like, a Hollywood spin on it? It's been a long time since I've read the books, but I just read the first one right before you guys came here, and it's, like, almost exactly the same. 
Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Just, like the shots are like almost exactly the same. Like yes. a lot of the artwork and like. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. I, I know they specifically tried to like line up a lot of shots because Brian Lee O'Malley based a lot of the illustrations on actual places in the like the neighborhood of Toronto he grew up near. Uh, Ray mentioned and she showed me that uh, all the little um, cutaways they do where Ramona explains like her previous relationships and they're like hand drawn. It's just the book. Yeah. It's legit. They That's the book. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It was really important to Edgar Wright to have O'Malley like there approving the look of a lot of things, if not everything. And O'Malley's um, the person who wrote the... Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Which isn't normally the relationship between a filmmaker and the source material. Yes. Yeah. Uh, pretty much never. <laughs> pretty much never. Yeah. <laughs> Peter... Jackson didn't even talk to J.R.R. Tolkien before he made what, Lord of the Rings. What a dick. I know. It's crazy. Um, Seances. Yeah. So, yeah, it starts with Scott Pilgrim is dating a high schooler, and then you get that first practice session that leads into the opening credits, and uh, it's just great. It's, it's loud and fast right off the bat, and there's stuff happening on screen with the visuals and the text on screen. I really like getting to see the credits there, and I've someone else did that to me recently in a movie, and I almost went to their house and killed them. But this movie does it better. <laughs> Whose house? Elvis. Uh, Tar starts by giving you the credits. I'm oh. so mad. <laughs> yeah, but that's all the credits. It's not all just the, credits the actors and, and this, like, like, it's main just like producers and shit. Black screen. This one is really like this one's like colorful and and pretty quick. Hmm. It's a great start to the movie, and you're right in it. So the music in this, for the most part, they did a pretty interesting thing. So they bring in Nigel Godrick, who is um, sort of like the house producer for Radiohead. He's, okay. he's, he's like the fifth Beatle of Radiohead, basically. And he does the composing and also a lot of the music coordination. I don't know if that's the term, but they do an interesting thing where the bands are, for the most part, all matched up with an actual musical artist to do just the music for them. So all the Sex Baba music is back. Uh, that's really funny. Yeah. And like Metric does Clash of Demon Head. So... Um, I was going to say, like, it's funny because the music all feels like good enough to be real music, but clearly yes. not. And that's Beck. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this is specifically they wanted someone who has been part of the kind of like grungy thing. And that's, you know, where Beck started in the 90s. So Beck does basically like demo versions of these songs, just really kind of dirty garage style like over the weekend or whatever, because he's such a prolific writer and they pretty much just use those demos. So it's not like they re-record with the actors. It's just Beck singing. Anytime mm. Steven Stills is singing. <laughs> it's good. They did a good job with the music. I really enjoy it. Right on my garbage truck kind of slaps, right? <laughs> truck, truck, <laughs> truck, truck. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Launch bad McQuack. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we're not settled on that title. <laughs> <laughs> we named one of our kids ducks launch bad McQuack. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Um, yeah. And then he starts having dreams about Ramona before even meeting her. Ramona. Well, that's, that's kind of her fault though. Cause she's, she's using his head. Yeah. She's using <laughs> the, the subspace highway through his head. Yeah. There's like a few things in this movie that are just like so weirder than the rest. And it's the subspace highway and the doors. 
The are doors so, were weird. It's so weird. I, I don't mind it at all because it's just like the whole movie's weird. It's fine. But those yeah. are just like so weird. It's extra. I mean, multiple people die and turn into coins. It's like, what do you want, dude? <laughs> so, there's so many things, though, that like that makes no sense, but it does make sense. Like yeah, a lot it of like it, sense, like it makes a perfect sense of the movie universe. And then they're like, also, there's these doors. And you're like. Fine. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's it's okay. <laughs> it's kind of just how Scott sees things. It's just an abstraction of his worldview, right? Okay. All right. I don't know. No. I I I I can see that. I don't think that's actually what's happening, but I like the interpretation. Yeah. The um, couple times doors pop up, it's like some decision being made about his relationship with Ramona or whatever. Some. Yeah. Like oh, um, I think there should be a door. It's warm and it's our house or whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But she did like zip around through. Oh, I use this. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I know the door thing had a monster ink vibe for me, or also it was just like door, like plopped, like it's a monster. <laughs> and they're in some out. little kid's room and they're scaring them. Yeah. Exactly. Like, um, so then there's the, I, I love the party scene, Julie's party, Aubrey Plaza playing Julie's her party. That party scene's so good. There's a, an, I think probably the whole movie is basically burned into my brain, but I feel like that's one of the sequences that I could probably do line by line. Uh, uh, him holding up the drawing like kills me every time. Yes, that's Ramona Flowers. <laughs> yes, that is Ramona Flowers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love yeah. it so much. I'm gonna go pee to, due to boredom, which is like, exactly the kind of thing this guy would say. There is a like the just the peeing and stuff remind me. There's a lot of video game music in this, but there's a particular lot of like Zelda music. Yes, <laughs> there is a lot of Zelda music and a lot of um, like Gideon symbol is just the Triforce. Yes, yes. And stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Oh, that so might have been cost them more than their actors. <laughs> yeah, I think like when he leaves the bathroom and is a dream sequence, it's just the fairy fountain music from Zelda. It's just the fairy fountain yep. music. Yep. Yep. It probably did cost quite a bit of money. <laughs> Nintendo famously very cheap with their licensing. Um, you can just throw a Mario in whatever you want, according to box <laughs> office receipts. Yeah, you uh, just have to give uh, Nintendo a thirty year salary for the rest yeah, of your life. Exactly. And your firstborn. Um, so this, yeah, that happens pretty early. And then he's like, you know, having all the daydreams about Ramona and stuff. And I guess it's like before that you see him hanging out with knives and they're doing the ninja game and stuff. But, you know, it's just weird. He's dating a 17 year old. He shouldn't be doing that. It's <laughs> he's an adult. it's so weird. And like the first scene too, when it, like he's talking to his friends and explaining it. We almost held one hands one time, but she got, then she got embarrassed. Yeah, she got embarrassed. <laughs> I think, um... What's the the singer in the band? What's his name? Steven. Steven says he's like he says something about it. Like uh, when he says I'm dating a high schooler, he's like, oh, that's that's cool or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and like um, I think right off the bat, it's great too because Kim is immediately just like how she is the whole movie, and yeah. I just love her. Yeah, she's I, like one of the best characters. She is. She's just consistent the entire time. I loved her. Yeah. Like, uh, cause she's immediately like hating on him and like, it does, it takes you a while to realize like, oh, Scott kind of sucks. Like, yeah, you kind of should treat him like this. <laughs> well, like Wallace, like calling his sister and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, why is she always on his back? And it's like, cause he's always being shitty. Like he's just yeah. always being shitty. <laughs> yes. And his sister's like, uh, what's her, what is her name in this? Stacy, Stacy, just one of my. She's probably my favorite. I I love Aubrey Plaza's character, but I love the sister so much too. Just like the very quick blurbs, she's just yeah. she hits so hard every time. She's so, so good, yeah. But she's not in much. She no, only has no. like three scenes. She's yeah. great. Academy Award hers. nominee Anna Kendrick. Yep. <laughs> um, I mean, she's great in like the couple scenes in the coffee shop, and she's great in 
the one scene at the Battle of the Bands. My he just friends. has so many friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And how, and how did you meet? It's um, <laughs> great. Um, yeah. So there's all this stuff with Ramona after the party and whatnot, and then he's ordering stuff from Amazon. Wallace, guys, we need to talk about Wallace. I think Wallace is my favorite Wallace, character. Yeah. So Wallace great. is the it's amazing best in this movie. character. <laughs> I absolutely loved him from the beginning. Yeah. He's fantastic. I I, I love his. He's so good. Him being like asleep and he's got the phone. How did he do that? <laughs> How are you doing that? So I took notes too. I was going to bring them and I realized it's all just one liners. It was a full page of just one liners. Honestly, the whole time like, I, I was watching this, this, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do a podcast and not be like, hey, remember when this happened, guys? It was really funny. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's what happens anytime we do a comedy. Yeah, remember and this? It was really funny. At least guys. this has okay. some like stuff to it too. Fair. Some yeah. of the movies we're doing this way, month that are coming. A lot of their jokes are like that, though, where it's like just some quick cut or something like that. They're all very snappy, and I don't know. That just they all hit for me. But that's why I want to rewatch it because I feel like there are some that like I didn't have time to catch it because we were already on the next. Yes. Oh yeah. It just happened so quickly. So, and sometimes the joke is like being said, but also there's a funnier joke in the background. And if you're just yes. like listening, yes. you're not going to see that. Like there's like a massive, like even, yeah, I don't know. It's so great. The third time I saw it in theaters was the first two times were when it came out in 2010. And then after quote unquote, after COVID it got re-released with a new Dolby audio track into some theaters. And I went to go see it in, in a Dolby theater and um, it was real loud, shaking the chairs and stuff. And I picked up on so many sounds and stuff that I had never heard before. There's just so much in there. It's crazy. Yeah, there's a lot going on, especially even just like all the little video game sounds it makes. Some of yeah. them are like kind of yeah. quiet. Like it's really oh, hard yeah. to hear some of them. Yeah, yeah. You need yeah. a good, it, it really gives your speakers a workout in a good way. All the dynamic ranges. Uh, and it gets real loud dialogue to music. But I guess that's intentional. Um, had that riff stuck in my head all day like yeah me too it's uh hard not to especially because it comes i think it's the opening credits and then it's like the final battle in the chaos theater yep and then it's quicker the second time in the final battle in the chaos theater scott has learned the power of self-worth <laughs> yeah <laughs> so he uh asks ramona out he throws a package behind him yeah, he like holds her hostage for a signature <laughs> Don't do this to people doing their jobs, right? Yeah, no. He's, he's Poor Amazon workers. Okay, I'll, I'll leave you alone forever now. And then he stalked her until she oh, yeah. left. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's one of the images is, you know, this one girl in text with her against the wall and then him like sliding into frame. Yeah. <laughs> There's and I just I don't know if we're gonna talk. Were, were you the Pac-Man guy? No, that was some other. That guy. was yeah, some other weird, weird guy. Yeah. <laughs> And it's funny too because, like, I notice especially this time he gives the story so smoothly when he's talking to the seventeen-year-old yes. high schooler, yeah. and then as soon as he's talking to an actual adult, he sounds like a fucking moron. He's so <laughs> stupid. Yeah. Um, but it's great because, like, I know there's always like there was at different points in time discourse about the movie, and just rewatching it again with that in mind, like at every point for there to be like judging. Of the movie is like, no, the point is that this is shitty. Like, they just did such yeah. a good job of, like, this isn't a great relation. I don't know. The 17 year old and all that crap. Yeah, he, I mean, yeah. he's dating a 17 year old who he then cheats on with, like, yeah. another girl. Like, he's he's not supposed to be, like, 
some role model character. For sure. <laughs> that yeah. he's being you, super but, creepy with. Before. But you feel confused watching it for the first time because you're like, I'm supposed to like this guy. Like, he's the yeah. lead in it. Mm. And then, like, you hear more of the story and then you, like, you don't piece it together. Like, I didn't piece it together until he was like, I cheated on her. And I was like, you motherfucker, you actually did. Why yeah. didn't I not think of that earlier? Because yeah, yeah. you're like, because the movie moves so fast. Because he's silly and goofy and yeah. like, it's all quick and like, And it's all it's in his fun. perspective too. Yeah, exactly. it's all, yeah. that then, he sees himself as the hero of this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it turns out yeah. he's just kind of being a dick. <laughs> the perspective too where he's like, I cheated. He was like, oh, I didn't cheat on you. And he's like, well, I guess I did. I, like, yeah. Well, it was different because I wasn't... I didn't wrong yeah, you, you. You weren't wronged, right? That's one of the reasons. And then he gets murdered. <laughs> yes. I think that's one of the reasons I like Kim so much too when you do rewatches because she's like there from the beginning to show you like, no, I'm right. Like Scott sucks. Like yeah. from the beginning, you're like, oh, this is how Kim feels, how you should feel about Scott. The Pretty whole much. Movie. And then like, yeah. so they do the whole question of like, would you work for someone? Blah, 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 blah. Could you put the feelings aside? Like they bring that up and then it gets to the end and he's like, I want to sign you. And he's like, no, I can't. I can't work for Gideon. He wronged me too hard. And Kim's still in the fucking background who has been working with his ass since day one <laughs> and never made a peep of about any of that shit yeah. and i just yeah. i that, this is the first time i like put together that whole like yeah kim's never been like i don't want to work with this asshole <laughs> yeah so i think even before he gets the, yeah i think it's even before he gets the amazon package is he gets the first email from an evil ex where he okay. says this is that's the, boring. the when he's going the emails from the amazon first ex. yeah what's yeah. the web address for amazon.ca well i love in the quote too like what um wasn't it wallace or it was wallace or scott they were like amazing what you could do with computers and i was just like wait a minute when was this movie made <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, it's <laughs> It's basically like an iMac just came out because it's Canada, right? Yeah, um, yeah it's uh, it's good. And then the package comes and Wait, he throws quick. it over his shoulder and he actually had to do that. Oh, yeah, how many tries did that take? They're all in on the uh, Blu-ray. Um, I think it was like 30-something. <laughs> they couldn't, seemed like resetting it. He's like, oh, God. Was that, did that go in? No? Okay. They, there was no movie magic they could do for that, huh? They could have, but I think Edgar Wright likes doing stuff in camera. Uh, like they could have, he throws it and it goes like out of the set and then someone drops it directly from above or something. Yes. But no, it's actually him throwing it in. But Just like it's someone that jumps through the window yeah. later on. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. I've never seen the whole movie. We'll get there. We're not there. Yet. Um, oh, sorry. Before we move on. Uh, at this point, we realized too that Scott and Wallace share one bed. Yes, <laughs> which and is a mattress on the floor. On the floor. Yeah. Wallace owns everything in the apartment. Wallace is Wallace is Wallace is Wallace is. Yeah, no, Scott has a coat. It's on the hanger. And it says that Wallace's coat is better. Yeah, and Scott has the picture of the two girls making out on the wall. Which I thought was hilarious because that picture of the two girls making out. Like was in like every dorm room around that time too. I was <laughs> yeah. just like, whoa, flashback to that. <laughs> yeah, 2010. So it makes sense. Yeah. Um, so there's uh there's speaking of in-camera stuff that Edgar Wright likes to do, right around this part of the movie where he's at a uh, band rehearsal and he goes to the bathroom and like the P-bar goes down. Um, and then he goes back out the bathroom door and he's in a different set. That's not that's there's no cuts there. That actually is one cut. He goes into the bathroom. They wheel that set away, 
and bring in the lockers in the in like the class hallway or the school hallway set. And then he walks back out and he's on a different set. Why? There's not really a need for that. Yeah, but it's cool. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's really it's cool. It's a great thing. It's cool. <laughs> and I like it too because they do that a lot in this movie where like you're just in new places suddenly. Mm. And I really like that. Yeah. Well, that's yes. the comic book feel. That's how they like they get you with the the transitions. Yes, they do. They do a good job with that, and then all the little sound effects that show up. I really like all that stuff. Uh, so yeah, eight o'clock it says on the screen, and then he meets up with Ramona. <laughs> he thought she'd be too cool to be on time. Then so they go, what around. are you doing here? Oh. Waiting for you. <laughs> Dick move. <laughs> yeah, I guess, right? again, bad, but not a good dude. I would have honestly. I would have left the date. I would have been like, well, screw you, man. <laughs> She's yeah. used to dating assholes, so and Scott's just a not <laughs> he's just totally aloof. evil. So he's, he's aloof. He's yeah. aloof. Yeah. Um, so they walk around in the snow for a while because <laughs> that's there's. I like that it's like it's Canada, and there's so many scenes of people just out in the snow, just on swing sets it's, or whatever. It's April, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and this is the first time. This whole sequence is really good. I don't know why the music's all good, the tones and vibe. And then, then there's the first door that they go through. They end up in her house. She does the tea list thing that people liver, like to quote. Was it like liver, liver disaster. Liver disaster. <laughs> yeah. Did you make some of those up? Yeah. And also, I'm just. That's actually the scene I uh, I have up here, and it's every single tea from the comic. Nice. Too. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, that is a lot great. of things in the comic. It's just word for which is the script, basically. Oh. It's just the script. They try to get the look right. That's why I said there was no writer for this movie. The book was already written, and they were just like, okay, here you go, guys. Just say what's in the book, please. That guy's the the writer. (laughs) You still have to adapt it and say, like, this person moves across the room to this part. (laughs) Uh, Actors love that. You tell them exactly where to stand in the writing. Um, Yeah, yeah, it's all good. And then they don't have sex because she doesn't want to have sex with a pilgrim, but preserves the right to change her mind. Uh, Because he just walks into her room. Again, not a good dude. (laughs) No. But he's cold, I guess. Just looking for blankets. Don't know where his jacket went. <laughs> yeah. I guess you don't want to wear like a thick Canada level Parker. Parker Inside, Parker indoors. Wait, can I make a, a comment too about Toronto? I thought it was hilarious. The one I don't know where this quote was, but there was a quote where they were like, they make movies in Toronto, and which is hilarious because like they yeah. make so many movies in Toronto oh. and now it's based in Toronto. Yes. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. There's so many movies that are shot in Toronto and then Toronto's standing in for New York or, you it's know, cheaper. Philadelphia or whatever. Uh. Um but it was this one that actually just gets to be Toronto. And <laughs> they had to show like the pizza pizza and that, that coffee shop's a real yeah, coffee they show, shop like, and the stuff. Real places in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's good. It's, it's a good Toronto vibe. Uh then there's the first battle of the bands. Ramona's there, Knives is also there. Stacey's trying to stir up some shit. <laughs> Wallace is trying to steal her boyfriend. I love that. And she's like, not again. <laughs> I love I that. Love One thing I really Your gay like, friends, gay friends. <laughs> Crash and the boys show up, right? Yeah. And as soon is as that I girl see. Boy? Yeah, is that girl a boy too? Yes. <laughs> as soon as I see Crash and the boys, I'm like, wait a second. The first evil X isn't in there. And then I'm, I immediately remember, like, oh, wait, he just shows up and fucking kills Crash and the boys. Yes. <laughs> they win because he kills Crash. They, yeah. they get turned into skeletons in the background. The only battles they win are because their opponents are murdered. 
I don't know why it made me laugh so hard, too. When Crash and the Boys first gets mentioned, they're like, oh, we're going up against Crash and the Boys. And just very quietly in the background, they're like, uh, who, Crash? And they're like, yeah, Crash and, and the Boys. It, it's just like this very yeah. quiet. Yeah, you like, know that one band with Crash? With, with and Crash the boys. and the Boys. It's like, oh, yeah, Crash and the Boys. And I'm like, That's, you just said Crash and the Boys three times. <laughs> like, I don't know. It, I died. It was, it was good. This next one goes out to the guy who keeps yelling. It's called. Uh, we don't like you, please die, or whatever. And everyone's like, oh, I love this one. And he grabs the guy's arm. <laughs> they have that first song that's wicked short. So it's sad. Not a race, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wallace says that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sequence is great. And then um, Matthew Patel shows up, who was also in New Girl. Yes. Picture him with normal yeah. hair and with a beard. Chevron? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chevron, who ends up with Taylor Swift. <laughs> Is that who? Yeah, a new girl. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Fantastic. We're getting deep into new girl lore on this episode. <laughs> oh, um, it's a great show. It's a great it's so show. Good. We only reference it because you guys clearly haven't seen it because you're getting no reactions for these. You haven't seen it? We've ne- I've never seen an episode. Uh, new girl's good. Mail at girl. list. I really like it when Matthew Patel shows up. I think I like it too because you don't know what's going to like. If, if can Scott fight people? You don't know, and then he's just like, uh, I think Wallace what is yelling, "Fight!" Yeah, <laughs> yes, and he's immediately like, "Oh!" And everyone's like, "Whoa!" And it's like, that's the first time yeah. you see something that crazy, where like, because they really just go fucking and nuts, random. <laughs> yes, yes, and it looks it's like already random, game. and it gets even yes. more random. Yeah, he has super, he has like mystical anime powers, style, yes. like or comic book style cells of them, you know, running towards each other. Yes, in some kind of colorful vacuum. Yes, it's yeah. awesome. Wait, did you not get my email? I skimmed it. You skimmed it? <laughs> You'll pay for your insolence. Insolence, yes. <laughs> What's this guy's deal? Yeah, are you a pirate? Are you a pirate? <laughs> Pirates are in right now. Um it's just it's it's good. Um this the, the all the stuff that's going on here is good. I think I like that this is the first evil X and he like does a song and you can tell everyone's like, this song sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this is, that doesn't, that like, that doesn't rhyme and like, what? Yeah, he yells at him, it doesn't even rhyme. Song starts and the, there's people in the crowd that are like, oh my God. You what dated this guy in seventh grade? I think that's yeah. the funniest part too is that the evil X's start like, it's, it's I dated him for like two days in seventh grade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. Um, but it's a, it's a good fight scene. Goes on a while. It's got some parts to it. Some yep. stuff happens. Throws fireballs. Kills Crash and the boys. Kills Crash and the boys. And so oh, Sex Bob um, wins by default. Yep. Um, uh, Ramona says bye to her. Say, say bye to your gay friends for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then um, he doesn't get enough coins to take the bus, but she says she'll lend him the 11 cents. And then on the bus, on the way, wherever they're going after that, um, if you pay attention to the background when the camera's on Ramona there's lights in the background that look like X's when it's on Scott there's lights in the background that look like hearts and then later on in the scene it's a pretty short scene but then when he's like oh so like are we dating and she goes like yeah I guess we are then the lights behind her turn into hearts and there are still hearts behind him too not necessary you don't notice it unless you're looking for it really but it's it's part of it there's just so much stuff in there. Yeah, like I said, there's a lot of different exes that show up, especially when yes. Scott's like, there's a lot of scenes of him just walking around Toronto. With and exes, there's, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of exes in the background. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and a lot of zeros. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, now I need to rewatch it just for that. Yeah. Everything matters. It's like packed full of stuff happening. His drink of choice is Coke Zero. And they point that out a couple yep. of times. Zero. And he's got the Zero shirt, the Smashing Pumpkins. Yep. Zero. And then a Smashing Pumpkin shirt that just says SP. And it's, it's, you know. Initials. Funny that <laughs> this character had existed before Michael Sarah as a person existed. <laughs> yeah. are, like, I got to the point where he's like, "So there are reasons for you to hang out yeah. with me," and I'm like, "I can't imagine anyone but Michael Sarah saying <laughs> this to someone." Well, and that's what they started development on the film a few years before they shot it, so he was still on Arrested Development. And in the behind the scenes, I don't know if this is just the thing you say after you've made the movie, but they say like, "Oh." Michael Sarah would be perfect for it, but he's too young. Um, but by the time they shoot it, he's 21. But I think he's like 15 wow, or 16 in Arrested Development. So that makes sense. Yeah. Ooh. I know, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So then there's a Seinfeld sequence when he comes yeah, in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, first and a half, the laugh track happens. You know, it's, it, it's so good. It doesn't relate. To anything. <laughs> and yet it feels natural to the movie. And it well, it's what Scott feels like. He feels like a like a kind of like a a comedic sitcom guy who's like busted indoors and people are cheering for him. Uh that's how he sees himself at least. This is the first time that Wallace mentions Lucas Lee, is his hetero crush. Uh Scott breaks up with knives, then Ramona comes over for dinner. Scott finds out bread makes you fat. <laughs> yeah, the dinner he makes is, is just, just gar- garlic, garlic bread. bread. Right? It used to be just garlic it's just bread. Garlic yeah. bread. Just garlic bread eaten on the floor. <laughs> um, well, they have nothing else in the apartment, really, right? Yeah, they got nothing else. I love when Wallace is leaving after earlier in the day, Scott told him, like, so you have to leave so you're not, like, gagging up the place. And then he's trying to leave and Scott's, like, begging him to stay. Yeah. And he's like, okay, if you... Mess this up. Come within the hour. Come, come find me at Gasoloma. What, what did he say before that? He's like, and you were worried about me getting up a place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot what the. You, yeah, Michael Sarah's just being really whiny, oh. and then he said that. And yeah, so they eat the bread. They make out a while, and then Scott freaks out because of his haircut or lack thereof. Yes. Bill Hader says he knows exactly how long his it's been since his last yes, real haircut. It was like <laughs> drawings. <laughs> It was mutual. It wasn't. That's <laughs> <laughs> fine. Yeah. She kicked his heart in the ass or whatever. Yes. It's so good. <laughs> and the little drawings of him come up. Yeah. Oh. Exactly. Oh, awesome. So they go off to the castle where Lucas Lee, played by Chris Evans, is filming a new action movie. I love Chris Evans in this movie. He's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. And like I yeah. said before, to no applause, he's <laughs> making fun of the kind of movies that Chris Evans is now actually making. Uh, again, no wow. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> we'll move on. You're right, Ben. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. You'd absolutely see, like, Ghosted as one of the, like, Lucas Lee movies. Fair. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Funny. It's not like a joke, but I don't think it deserves complete silence. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't disagree. I, just I, like, yeah, I whatever, you keep now. going. It's funnier now. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> I'm just going to skip the whole Chris Evans part now. <laughs> Screw you guys. No, I like it. And it's no, so funny, but we can't so talk funny. about it now. 
I yeah. actually wasn't expecting Chris Evans to be like his character to be the way he was because I feel like I have Chris Evans in my mind as one way mm. and it's just Chris Evans is and Marvel. So when he comes out as just like this total douchebag of like I love it. I, I do too. I was I'm totally here for it, but I was just yeah. it threw me off. I was like, wait, he's Chris an Evans? absolute D bag. It's a little closer to his Johnny Storm, I guess, right? Yeah. Uh, I guess, yeah. <laughs> Um, when Wallace tells him big fan, he's like, why wouldn't you be? Yeah. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you be? <laughs> it's so, yeah, it's, it's so funny. He's like doing bits. He's like pretending to pick him up. Oh, we'll go get a beer. Ooh. And then he's like doing that thing after he punches him with his shoulders. It's also weird that he like punches him out and then he turns around and he's like, Hey, how you doing? Yeah. He seems nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, you get the idea that like I mean, all these evil exes, none of them besides Gideon actually want to get back together with Ramona. They're just doing this. Cause, because. Just because. Yeah. yeah. They're just evil. They all, it's all the same story. With all of them. They dated her for like a week, like seven years yeah. ago. <laughs> Todd is explicitly in a different relationship, but he still fights Scott. I like, mean, for, for all we know, at the end of the email, there was like an opt out clause that was like, and yeah. if you don't want to deal with evil exes, just reply. I know within the next two days or something like Click that. Click here to unsubscribe. It's <laughs> yeah. like they all do seem like we, we're all aware we're fighting about this, right? And he's like, eh. yeah. But yeah, so he kind of fights Lucas Lee. Um, he does actually hand-to-hand combat somewhat successfully with the extras. Um, How many extras were there? Like eight? I'm going to guess there were seven. Because oh, they're yeah. extras. Uh, 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 yeah. It wasn't a joke. I'm just. It's probably what they did. <laughs> no, I mean, it's you like, guys are laughing at the wrong time every time. <laughs> you need to get one of those applause signs. So yeah, can run it like, was oh. off. <laughs> I like when he tells them that he's needed back on set. I'm like, ah, oh, that's funny. It is funny. <laughs> um, yeah, and then he challenges him to do a grindy thingy. Down that the rail. way they show him doing the rail grind is so awesome, and he's like, because it gives you that like comic book like speed yeah. panel, and then it just cuts, keeps cutting back to like Wallace and wow, it's kind yeah. of, wow. <laughs> <laughs> they're doing and it in kilometers he, too, which only vaguely yeah. has meaning to me. <laughs> yeah, it's like three hundred seems like a lot of like, really, like, <laughs> like I don't really know, but it's Toronto, is like fifty miles. Yeah, yeah. it's so funny. It's it so funny. funny, and every time it cuts back. And like when he's jumping from rail to rail, and it's like wicked cool and fast paced, and then it's just them. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then he uh, he blows up at the end, just explodes. Yeah. Coins, coins, coins. And then uh, Ramona isn't there when he he like goes back, and you know she she disappeared. Um, and so then there's a great scene back at their apartment where he says, "You know what sucks?" As he moves the magnets over to SUX. And then he turns an eight sideways and says everything. <laughs> it's awesome. It's so funny. Yeah. It's so stupid. <laughs> this um, movie is a masterpiece. He's, yeah, no, no one could be ever that pathetic, but weirdly confident about some parts of his character as Michael Zara. <laughs> uh, yeah, so then he gets a call from Envy. A.K.A. Natalie, A.K.A. Academy Award winner Brie Larson, which I did not recognize her at first. Well, she looks different. She's also literally a teenager when she yeah, films she this looks, movie. She looks very different in this this movie. Yeah, just yeah. To- totally different. It's like the eyes are the only like feature that are hers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she has I like you know the hair is kind of 
specific and all the makeup and stuff, which isn't how she normally looks. I really like that it keeps coming back to him having this this ex that is like haunting him. Yeah, I because like I don't know because like, even even the the plot with Natalie is resolved pretty early. Yes, and it doesn't come really back up. But um, I don't know. I, yeah. I like that. That's like this looming thing for him. It's, it's also kind of parallel, where like he's being haunted by an ex and Ramona's also being haunted by these exes. So I actually liked that there was a parallel like yeah. story there. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. That's exactly like, cause I didn't even, so until you started saying that I made that connection and it's really, really funny that his being haunted by an ex is that like, she moved on or like I, she cheated auto or whatever, but like Ramona's being haunted by her exes as they're like literally stalking the men she's trying to date in the future and they have to fight to the death. Well, and also like, <laughs> like these are the same. Well, also, I feel like when we don't really know this, but for knives, like he could be haunting knives. I mean, kind of is. And that's why like she keeps coming back too because he cheated on her. Yeah. So it's just like this continual, like be haunted by exes kind of story. Well, and I was going to say, and I think they make that pretty, uh, literal because this scene ends with knives is at the door exactly. and then Scott jumps out the window. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Which I absolutely loved that scene where so visibly yeah. he's you know piecing out, goes back he just in, left. grabs his coat. <laughs> as, as well as like Turton moves his head to block him grabbing the coat. Yes. That is my favorite scene in the whole movie. It, it's like, it's just so fast. Yep. And like unexpected and so, and so obvious. And then and he does it technically lie, right? Like he's just telling the technical oh, truth yeah. as she's like, <laughs> he just like, and then when the camera turns to phase knives and you see Scott, like speed jog in the background <laughs> and her eye just immediately like kind of like goes in that direction. So good. Oh, it's yeah. So perfect. It's so well done. And again, there's a real, you know, stunt. There's a person that jumps through that window. <laughs> Oh, so good. funny. Not and it's Michael not even Sarah, just like a regular size window, too. It's like those like basement, like half yes, wind size windows, so which makes it even funnier. That's somebody really did that, too. The timing yeah. is it's nearly impossible. Like the fact that that happened in real life is just. Yeah, they, they got a killer stunt team for this movie. It's incredible. It's really good. Um, I feel like they had to like pull to all him the through people. the window. Yeah, the, the, the stunt work in this movie is fantastic. It must have been like a, they must have like a trampoline or something. <laughs> they had to have. I the worst part right. is having to time it because they get the timing with uh, Wallace so perfect, like with his line in the door. Yeah, and I imagine the setup for trying this scene was not brief. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Is like you you to not know that that wasn't to know that wasn't like cut in there like that jump in through the window like that. That's a millisecond. Like that's it's not even the timing. It's the aim for me. (laughs) It's the fact that he aimed it perfectly at this stupid little window in the basement. Because you have to jump so high because of yes, the basement window. You aim enough low so you're not just like hitting the top of it or the ceiling. I, yeah, it's I a just tough love stunt. that. It's a tough stunt. Wallace closes the door like an extra inch as if that's going to stop you from noticing yeah. someone burst through <laughs> this window. It's like, oh, if I close the door like an extra inch, there's no way she notices. And it's got like a loud glass shattering noise. <laughs> And the fact so that he reaches back in for the coat. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's cold. He's a cold guy. Canada. He has terrible circulation, clearly. Um, so great. Did any of you guys watch Arrested Development? Oh, yeah. We talked about before? Okay. So right after this is an Arrested Development reunion. As he's walking away from the scene in the alley, he gets um, confronted by Mae Whitman playing Roxy. 
She's uh, Anne in Arrested Development. <laughs> Anne? Her? Her? Egg, Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, the bit is that she's plain and like he's dating her for a while and it's like my girlfriend. Her? Anne? But yeah. she doesn't plain. look plain in this. They do it better. I, I forget her. I don't have the full line written down. But she does like the southern accent and says, like, I just cashed my last rain check. He goes, what's that from? My brain. My brain. Yeah. Greg and I say that all the time. Yeah. It's so funny. Yes. Anytime one of us says something and I'm like, like, I'm like, what is that from? We always respond by just yelling, my brain. My brain. Yes. It comes up on Discord quite a bit. Yeah. It's so good. Um. And then after that, he's at the coffee shop. Anna Kendrick like gets out of there, and it's actually Julie behind the. Thing I love that because that's another one of those really yeah the really quick scenes where all of a sudden Andrew Kendrick's just like walking in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I gotta go. Um, well, because like in the setup too, like he, you don't realize he's right outside there, so you're like, oh, he's gonna immediately be in her work. She's not expecting that, and he gets in there, and she's immediately outside of her work. Ah, I don't yes. know. She, she was putting it's her so hair funny. up at the end of the phone call, and then Aubrey Plaza's putting her hair up when he comes in. Um, it's so good. And then Envy's there, too. Yes. And Ramona? Yes. <laughs> Everyone's at this coffee shop. Oh, yeah, and Ramona was just like, X? I'm going to go. Yeah. Right? She's like, oh, the big one? And he's like, yeah. Uh, they get booked to open for the Clash of Demon Head, which Scott's upset about. Knives freaks out about Ramona because she sees them through the window. Yes. And puts blue streaks in her hair. And then there's the whole sequence at Lee's Palace, the Clash of Demon Head show. All that stuff's good. Is that the time when they mentioned something about the breakup going well with Knives and she's pressed against the window? Like, <laughs> yeah. Knives is handling it well. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> we need stalkers. Knives appears. Yeah. That's what it is. And the fact that, like, it's, the text that says Knives Chow, age 17, is really small and like zooms in. That kind of scene kind of reminds me of like some like Mel Brooks movies a little bit. Like it's goofy. Yes. Like yeah. it had like I like instantly saw like some like scenes from Spaceballs. Like yeah. during a couple so, scenes goofy. like that. I totally agree. And they play their show and no one really likes them. <laughs> uh, then they're at yes. the bar and uh, Knives is hanging out with young Neil now. Yes. <laughs> I know how to get him back. Yeah. Oh my fucking God, Neil, you're so hot. Yeah. <laughs> that's so great. Like that's she's an, 17. Teenagers. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what it yeah. works. It's like, yes. nice chef, 17. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I felt and, that. I felt that one really bad. Yeah. And then we watched Clash of Demon had do one song, right? And that's when yeah, Ramona's like, that's Todd. Yeah, they both at the same time they're like that's Todd <laughs> they perform Black Sheep by Metric <laughs> and they're like oh no and then they're like in the back right <laughs> yep this I think is like my favorite fight of all the actions <laughs> yeah Julie comes out and says you're you know I can't believe I'm saying this but they want to talk to you in the back yes yeah I thought the, I thought the fight scene with the whole vegan situation <laughs> just absolutely prices Half and half is the winner of it's everything. So good. You and, will and be like, gone. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I, I never understood how being vegan gave you superpowers. And he's like, 
Yeah. <laughs> the ten percent of your brain, the ninety percent is all curds and whey. Yeah. And they're like, that doesn't make any sense. He's like, hey, if, if you knew the science, <laughs> if you, maybe I'd if listen you knew to the you. Science, you'd know how ridiculous you sound. Yeah. What if? Uh, yeah. Um, Which, whole- to be fair, if you are moving things with your mind, and you're like, yeah, I learned this at vegan school. It's vegan powers. I guess you have a leg to stand on. You can be yeah. like, I know the science. You don't be like, I fuck. I can't move things with my mind. So. And it's so funny because. I forgot who said it. Oh, oh, it's Kim. She's like, oh, do you learn that at Vegan Academy? And it sounds like it's a dig. And then like later on, <laughs> I he's like, yeah, I went to Vegan Academy. <laughs> My parents sent me to a vegan school. The whole time you're getting this like exposition dump too, he's kicking the shit out of Scott. Like Scott's falling out of the air at this point, like into a pile of garbage. Yeah. And then I think- Tell it to the cleaning lady on Monday. Because <laughs> it's the what? weekend. Uh, the cleaning lady doesn't oh, come- <laughs> Because by Monday you'll be dust, yeah. and the cleaning lady. Oh, <laughs> but, what's, dust. but what's Monday? Today's it's Friday. <laughs> she gets the weekends off, right? <laughs> right. And this she dusts. Yeah. <laughs> and this is when Ramona's explaining why she dated him. I think she says he punched a hole in the moon for me, or something, <laughs> which was pretty cool. It was pretty yeah. cool. It was yeah. pretty cool. Um, he was intense. He punched a hole in the moon for me. Oh, and before this too, he punches the highlights out of Knives' head. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna we stepped you he punched the highlights out of her hair. Yeah. I think I like this one too, because a lot happens because Scott just tries to fight him. He's like throwing Scott everywhere and beating the shit out of him. And then Scott tries to have like a, a base battle against yeah. him. And Scott like is not nearly as good as <laughs> No, this other guy's way better. Well, it's a different style. Scott's doing more of a garage thing. He's doing more of like almost an electronic thing. Yeah. Um but more, yeah. It's not it doesn't work though. It's just it's super funny too because that and like Scott beats him just by being a piece of shit. <laughs> the way what a moral to that. Aside from like a couple of the fights, he has to like find a different way to beat everybody, which I like. Yes, I also just like the way they make Todd like his eyes like smoke and stuff, and like his hair yeah. like floats and yeah. he floats like it, all of it looks really cool. He pretty much has Superman's moveset. Yes. <laughs> I thought it was a shout out to Superman when they like. Oh, must be right. Probably. Right. And, they, and you said that movie came out before, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The so vegan police come and taking away his powers are like some of my favorite lines in the whole movie. Milk and eggs, bitch. Gelato's not vegan. Chicken powders. I love when they say you put a plate of chicken powders on. And these faces just like. <gasps> and you get the gelato. You're like, oh, I. Yeah, gelato. Yeah, I guess. I didn't know. Yeah. Chicken's not vegan. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. so good. It's like one of the best. His hair loses volume <laughs> yeah. after they take his powers yes, away. And the vegan, vegan thing is wicked good. Vegan. <laughs> he headbutts him so hard he bursts. Yeah. And Envy's sad about it. And this is the last we see at Envy, too. This like concludes yeah. his, yeah. his baggage with her point. for the most part. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. And uh, yeah, then they're, they move. On to the next leg of the boat. What else happened? This is when start, Scott, you kind of start seeing him being an asshole, and he's like, kind of being a dick to her, Ramona. Yeah, he's oh, like bl- well, well, blaming her. Ramona breaks up with him right after this, doesn't she? Kind of. They go to the after. They go to Pizza Pizza, and then they go to the after party where he fights May yeah, Whitman. This is where he, she's like, "Oh, we don't have to go if you don't wanna," and he's like, "I want to go." And she's like, "Are you sure?" And like, yeah. he's like, "I don't want to go," and implies that she wants to go, and she's like, "I really don't want to go," and he's basically like, "Yeah, we'll, we'll go, go because there. you want to go." Yeah. Yeah. Yes, one of those things. Yeah, and then he drinks, which he's pretty explicitly been avoiding drinking there's definitely the there's definitely like a couple of digs that are very nuanced that like he has a problem with alcohol yes 
And he has a couple gin and tonics. <laughs> uh, he orders two gin and tonics. And she's like, don't you not drink? And he's like, I do now. Do you want anything or something like yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you want something? So on special occasions. Why, why did you want something? Um, and then, yeah, he has to fight Mae Whitman, Roxy. <laughs> Oh, does yes. she know this girl? And that's, <laughs> the this whole time is when he's talking to her about oh, your evil ex boyfriend. She's going ex. to exes. <laughs> I, I was going to cut you because you said seven evil ex boyfriends, and I wanted to like in the synopsis. I want to be the exes, but I didn't. The timing was just a little. <laughs> little time, you had yeah. a sexy face. You <laughs> <laughs> didn't say you had a sexy. Face. <laughs> yeah. This sequence is great. This one's great too because this one's super like. I think she's a big mallet. Yeah, because she just takes out this huge mallet, which. It has to be the least practical weapon you could ever use, right? <laughs> and Roxy hasn't got a sword yeah, whip. Was she, was she in Thor or anything? Was Thor made at this point at all? No. I, no. I, no. <laughs> around this year, give I'm or thinking take, Super right? Smash Brothers is the vibes I got from that, because oh, there's the big mallet they use okay. in that a lot. Yeah, well, I mean, it's all kinds of fighting games that are going into Street Fighter. And mm. I think Mortal Kombat, probably the big pulls, especially for like the chain whip. <laughs> uh, and yeah, this is actually... The actors are doing most of the fight choreography in this fight. <laughs> yeah, I love that she's just using Scott as like a, <laughs> a ragdoll to fight this. <laughs> yeah, because he won't fight his own battles. Yes. Because he doesn't want to hit oh, a girl. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And then their weakness is the back of her knee. She dies <laughs> saying you'll never be able to do this to her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Great. Explodes. <laughs> and I think this is when he uh, asks... Uh, her like for the rundown on all the exes, but is like a dick about it. And she's like, Oh, you want me to just give you a laminated list? And then she <laughs> yeah. leaves. And then like the next scene is uh, like, in uh, like she comes back like two seconds later and hands him the laminated <laughs> list of all the exes. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and she basically like kind of breaks, breaks it off at least for the night or, but maybe there's a little bit more weight. And, um, he says like, Oh, she dated twins. Um, because on the the next people on the list are the Katinagi twins, Kyle and Ken. <laughs> yes, yep. And it turns out that's also who they're facing next in the Battle of the Bands in an amp versus amp scenario. Uh, and this sequence is awesome too. There's also the introduction of Jason Schwartzman out in the crowd. I think um too at the after party is when um Ramon is talking to him like about like his baggage like well you you know. Cause he's like, oh, you you always are the dump the dumper. You never the dump bean. She's like, well, what about like all these people that you've like had <laughs> oh, yeah. things with? He's like, what about Kim? And she's like, me and Kim have always been fine. And you're like, turns to Kim and she's and like, Kim's just staring at her. <laughs> at him. Like, what about knives? And she's like, no, yeah. <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, no, they're all fine. <laughs> they're all great, right? Yeah, he has like no perspective on himself. Yes, I love it. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> um. Yeah, the next battle is the amp versus amp, and I think it's a cool sequence. Like yes. It. I think that sign needs more explanation points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kim's got all the best lines. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. There's, it's hard not to just look at parts of the movie and be like, this one was good, too. I liked it. This is another one, too, where like, um, Kim is like really like motivating them in this like thing, too. She's like... It does it a couple times where she like starts the songs and she's like they're the can do attitude of it. And I'm always like it's really Scott's battle and why did I don't want to do Kim's the only one that wants to be in a band. They all want to be like 
part of a band. She wants to make music, you know, like probably. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's probably even a shot that Scott refers to Steven as the talent, right? Where Kim's like, what the, come on. <laughs> <laughs> like she's the one that keeps them yeah. on track. She's the one that I just like, we're I here Steven's to like, actually writing the songs. But, hero. Yeah, for sure. We agree on this. Um, and this is great. I like how the music's overlapping and then eventually it's like, you know, sort of in harmony until one overpowers the other one. And then those people go flying. Yeah. It's good. It's great. They make like a big Yeti that fights a dragon. Yeah. Everything about it is just fun. Like the, the music, it's just good. Like it gets you like in a nice like beat and then like the visuals really cool. It is really cool. I think I liked it a little bit less than the other ones just because the fight choreography is so cool in this movie. Yes. That it yes. is really nice to have it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like it, the, the third act fight of a Marvel movie where you're like, oh, it's just CGI again. <laughs> it is really cool, though, because I do like it, too. Every time they get, like, blown away and they're, like, actually, like, whoa, and, like, spinning and stuff. Yes. <laughs> those those poor non-athletes had to do all that wire work. <laughs> I just think it was a fun take on a battle of the bands because yes. it was like the yeah. bands were actually battling. I don't know. Yes. I, I liked it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, and then he goes out into the audience. Knives is there after he says, I'm getting a life. Yeah, he, he takes his, his life. His free life. He's the plus one. Uh, Knives is there. And you're like, oh, man, Knives was way too cool for Scott. Just much, much too good for him. Um, and then he goes out there outside and where he meets, meets up with Ramona and she breaks up with him cause he says she's that he's in lesbians with her. Yes. <laughs> he tells her, I said lesbians. Um, or at least in his mind, that was, that's why she breaks up. With him. And then Gideon's there. He meets, he meets G man. Yeah. And Gideon. they signed the contract with him too, right there. Right. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Scott doesn't sign it though. He's yes. out. He's out. Yes, he's out of the sex bomb bombs. It's so funny too because he like right before that he's like, "Oh, Neil can take my Neil can fill in for me. I'm, I'm not important." And it's like, "Well, you're gonna have to find someone else." And Neil can do it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he knows. They all, all sign parts. it and they're in with a three album contract. Then there's a sad a sad montage to Beck playing an acoustic guitar. Uh, and then it's the first time he goes to the Chaos Theater after he gets a call from. Uh, Gideon, who's a real asshole. Yes. Jason, yes. Jason he, he, Schwartzman just having a great time and, and being a dick. Anna Kendrick gives him a little like motivational speech too at this point. Oh, it's so pathetic. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's like next time don't pick the girl with eleven evil ex boyfriends. She's like seven. seven. Oh, that's no, not, that's that not that bad. bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love it's that really, so much. Yeah. It's like, oh, that, 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 that made that the much sympathy. Over yeah. ten, that's excessive. Seven. Oh, that's not that bad. bad. Yeah, just you should just kind of buck up, dude. Yeah, just, yeah. Um I like too when he um when Gideon says that uh yeah, Ramona's my girl's here with me or something. It's, uh, Scott screams. It's like, oh, don't worry. It's not that bad. Or somebody's like, I know I spilled hot cocoa on my crotch. <laughs> <laughs> Just find me another actor on this planet that could do that scene that is not Michael Sarah. Right. Like, and, it does not work with anyone else. And I like this part too because this is a Wallace just gave him the like move on buddy speech. Yeah. And then after he is getting on the phone, he's like, I changed my mind. Yeah. That's yeah. Go, go kick his uh, kick his ass because Wallace on several of the fights, he's like Scott, fight that guy. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta you gotta fight uh, him. Evil X, yeah. fight fight. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's I and I don't know what dynamic they're trying to play at, but there's definitely like there's something there where like Scott needs him to be like oh fight, and then he has his powers or whatever. <laughs> Do you know like it just it feels like very like formulaic. Like I feel like that's a mechanic somewhere. I don't know. Some sort of video game reference. Right? Yeah, there's, like, there's some video game where they'll like 
like when the fight starts, they say fight. Like they need the person they, to say fight. Somebody has to, to let you. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like every fighting game starts with someone fight. else fight. Someone else fight. Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Uh, I think basically all of them. Yes. I love the passwords on the way in. Yes. <laughs> I don't care. <sighs> cool. <laughs> They're better the second time, though. <laughs> they are better the second time. The whole second time is better. It is funny, though, because like I said, I just rewatched this. So the first time they're going through, I had that same thought where I was like, oh, I really like these passwords. And then, like, I couldn't quite remember what happened the second time. And I had the I was like, oh, I love this better. I just I don't know. It's great. Yeah, I love it's great. even because uh, the first time Gideon tells them to play and Kim's like, we're the sex bombs. We're here to sell out and make money. Yeah. <laughs> And they don't play, and they play it like fast, but not as fast as they'll play it later. And he, he defeats all the goons, but then gets killed by Gideon. The lyrics are funny too. I forgot what they were, but I remember paying attention to the subtitles with the first song. They're like about being sad and like <laughs> yeah. we're having no fun. No fun. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So he he falls to Gideon in combat yeah, he after gets the power of love. He gets the power of love at first. Yeah. But it's you want to fight me and, for her? Wasn't I clear? <laughs> yeah, was I not clear? And yeah. is that the scene that Knives interrupts yes. it? Yep. Yes. Yeah, so Knives pops out, and they're fighting each other up top. And Scott, after thinking about it, he dispatches Gideon, goes up to tr- break up the fight, and kind of doesn't really take responsibility for cheating on both of them. <laughs> yeah, not really. I and, also- and then he gets stabbed. <laughs> yes. I like during this scene that uh, Gideon's glasses have like a, a blue X in them. Like, oh, yep. it's good. Yeah, it's, good it's got like a holographic blue X on both lenses of his glasses. <laughs> so I, I like that. He dies. He's in the the brain highway subspace through the yeah. desert, desert thing. Um, Ramona says that he literally has a way of getting to my head. He's like, that's evil. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so evil. so evil. There's the chip on the back of her neck and... It's like the Triforce, but with G's. Um, and then, yeah, he goes back. I think it's funny, too, because at, at that point in the movie, you're probably at a feeling of like, man, Scott kind of sucks. So you're not sold that Gideon is like, well, if she just wants to be with Gideon, she could be with Gideon. And I just yeah. I love the reveal of like, no, 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 he actually he's he's mind controlling me. Yeah, this yeah. is a problem. I This is where I actually got confused, though. So. How could if Scott dies? Wow, can he get? How is he I'm not glad dead? You asked, Greg knows. Yeah, is it because of the twins? <laughs> after he, they he beat takes the, the life. After yeah. he beats the twins, a little like plus a one up comes, like a free life. Oh, see, I totally from, like missed. Mario basically, and he grabs it, yeah. so he has an extra life, like a, okay. a save basically. I, I totally, I I did miss that, and I was so confused. And Derek's like, "Oh, it's because of the twins," and I was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, because yeah. after he like when he's like, "I feel like I learned something." The one up shows up again. He grabs it, and then it the it restarts him at the end of the twins yeah. fight, and it like oh, speeds you through everything okay. really quick. Yeah, when okay. he's when he leaves the stage after that battle, I think Stephen asks him like, "What are you doing?" And he says, "Getting a life." And he literally like takes a plus one life out of the air. Now that all yeah, yeah. Okay. And then he you. and then he cashes it in there, and he goes back in time to then. And it fast forwards. He kills the bouncers instead of giving them passwords. Yep. He goes in there, says, "You know." He apologizes to. Kim, he he upgrades young Neil to Neil. Yeah, now on you will be known as Neil. Yeah, and he tells Stephen they sound way better without him. Yep, apologize to Kim, and then and then, says he has beef. Yes, I got beef. 
And that's when he's like, you're fighting me for her. And he's like, no, I'm fighting you for me. And then he gets the, yeah. the power of self-respect. And then yeah. the Scott sex bomb play a good song this time. Yeah. Much faster. He kills the guys a lot faster. He uh, takes out Gideon. Or so he thinks. Does this mean no contract? <laughs> yeah. And then um, then he calls Knives out. And he apologizes to both of them. And Gideon and them, they all have a big fight. And they do like the two-player mode with him and Knives fighting Gideon. It's good. It's really good. I really like that last fight against Gideon. I like when Gideon's hitting Ramona and just says, bad. Yeah, bad. 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 <laughs> it is bad. You shouldn't do that. He shouldn't, no, he shouldn't have done that. <gasps> and he's so mad when he dies. Yes, I'm <laughs> what's blowing up right now. <laughs> yep. You are blowing up right now. I love that he becomes like a million coins too and it's just fucking raining coins. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, yeah, like you said, they they don't have a contract anymore, so Steven starts trying to grab all the quarters. Got to grab all the quarters. The last right idea. I mean, grab all those quarters. Yeah, There's that's a lot. A lot. Of them. And then the last big joke of the movie, Negus got comes. Negus got. Oh, my God. <laughs> Solo round. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll deal with this. Yeah, and then it cuts to Ramona and Knives waiting outside, and he just walks out with Negus got, and they're talking about brunch. <laughs> Yes. He's a cool guy. We actually have a lot in common. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so so uh, neither one of us wants to fight, huh? Nope. <laughs> uh, yeah, because he has self-respect now. So he respects Nega Scott and they come to an agreement and, you know, he's he, he gets out of his own way finally. That's fair. Um, Outside, they, they start talking... Ramona is like leaves knives and Scott alone. Like, okay, they're obviously going to like figure whatever out. So she's like, I, I ought to disappear. And then knives is again, way too cool for Scott. So she's like, you should go after her. You were fighting for her this whole time. And that he does go be with young Neil. Yeah, what makes her happy? I don't know. She's much too cool <laughs> for probably any of them. Um, definitely for Scott. Well, young Neil was too cool for him too. This is true. <laughs> And Scott's not in the band anymore, so it wouldn't be awkward at rehearsals. No, and that's why it was good for him to go with Ramona, too, because he can fuck off. Like, he, Scott Kinda, also yeah. needs to get out of there. Like, job. Or a house anymore. Doesn't have a job, does not or, have a place or a to bed. live. Yeah. yeah, he was evicted from Wallace's. Makes his, his <laughs> band member. Also, we, I forgot to point it out, but I thought it was hilarious that somehow Wallace lives across the street from his childhood oh, home. I that was so funny. It's just so, like, it, there's, it's a huge house. There's probably no reason why he couldn't just still live at home. Yes. Like, also, for you. it's, such, it's thing, a whole joke that's just not touched on. There's the joke too where they keep more people keep sitting up in the bed because <laughs> it's like Scott, like four Wallace, and and Jimmy, Jimmy, and, yeah. and the other uh, Wallace's boyfriend, and then his sister's boyfriend. <laughs> yes, <laughs> oh, it's man. good. So yeah, Knives tells him to go after Ramona, and he says, "Hey." Why mind if I go with you? And then they go through another door. And that's the end of the movie. Yep. It's great. Have you guys seen the alternate ending? No. No. Ooh. <laughs> does does the does the world win in this one? So first off, do you think this is the correct ending? Because there is a debate online, and obviously Scott shouldn't date a 17-year-old, but there is like uh obviously the, the the counter argument to the end of this movie, I guess, would be that like obviously Scott and Ramona aren't going to work out, and like he should have stuck around in Toronto, whether he's dating knives or not. I don't know. What do you guys think? I, I like this ending. I feel like he doesn't have anything left for him in Toronto, yeah, I, and like 
Toronto is just baggage. That's, like the reason Ramona left to Toronto. And that's and that's the reason why she's leaving again. And then I think if you're you're missing the interpretation of Scott learned the power of self-worth or self-respect. Like he's going with her because now they're both on a journey of self-importance, not I'm following her because I'm a lost puppy mm-hmm. or like because I love yeah, yeah. her. You know, I don't know. Yeah, he's like less pathetic. He's less pathetic now, yeah. And he can go grow and be a person that doesn't live across the street from the house he grew up with in a one bedroom with, you know. What do you think about the ending? I feel like I would hate him more if it didn't end this way. Mm. Because like to Robbie's point, like he's learned like self-respect. So if he kind of just stays the way he is, it's like then you learned like you learned nothing in this movie, like didn't teach like this story didn't teach you anything. Unless we wanted him just to be an asshole and like we just end it on a note of like he's just this perpetual asshole. Um so I don't know. The 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 ending was satisfying to me. Yeah, and you're looking up what the actual ending is. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so the alternate ending in the movie, which is like fully filmed and on the featurettes, so it wasn't even just a storyboard. They actually filmed this. Um, Ramona just leaves. <laughs> and and Scott starts dating knives again. Mm. Um, and it's... Uh, they have a similar but pretty crucially different conversation, him and Ramona outside, where she's like, I'm just going to disappear again. Um, you know, past keeps catching up to me or whatever, uh, which is something like what she says in the movie cut. And he goes, yeah, I, I, I can understand like not wanting the people around you to get hurt or whatever. And so she leaves. She goes through the door by herself. Uh, Scott walks away with knives holding hands. And there's voiceovers from a couple different characters talking about like, oh, my God, Scott Pilgrim just killed Gideon Graves at the Chaos Theater. It was crazy. <laughs> Someone should have videoed that. And then there's like a montage of him and Knives doing the ninja game. And then it ends on the countdown on the screen of the ninja game as opposed to in the sky. Okay. Major problem with that. Well, is that he's still dating a 17 year old at the end of the movie. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And it also like gives his moral of the story not to be like all like feminist here, but it kind of would give all 17 year olds this moral of the story of like, yeah, you can get cheated on and still be with that person. You know, like everything's fine. Everything's going to go back to the way it was. And I'm just not really down for that vibe. Scott seems like more of a whatever, but it's still like she should experience not Scott for a while. Exactly. Like, like, I'm it, glad like it's that, not like, a good ending for her. <laughs> you no, worry but like, about that character. Yeah, the, like, let's be at peace with that. And like it, like, it shouldn't have been that way from the beginning just because of the age difference. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Like, let her live her life. Scott do your own thing, have, find some self-respect and move on. That's like, the, the so the whole thing with it, with the dating a 17 year old, because everybody jumps to right, right away that it's, it's not right, which I, I agree with. That should be your gut reaction. So the circumstances, cause I put a lot of thought into this. I'm sorry, but the, the, the th- circumstances for them meeting where they randomly bumped into each other on the bus. Age of consent is fine in Canada. It's 16. Drinking age in Canada is 19. So the age gap of five years isn't as big of a deal. I don't feel like when you both are on that similar drinking level, whatever. The 
that's all aside of like, is it morally right or not? Gray area still. But the big saving grace for this whole like bullshit relationship that he stumbled his way into not really looking for was that even with all that, they didn't even hold hands. And like, so he knew, you know, like he could have been in the moral clear to do more than that, but even still held himself back. So to undo that and have them end up together anyway is like, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can sort of like hand wave it the way it is in the movie. Cause it's like, well, nothing ever happened. they kind of just hung out. Right. They were basically just friends. And my point is like, he didn't go through the normal predatory steps to go out of his way and find a 17 year old. He found himself with a 17 year old. And if it had been in a healthy relationship, it probably would have been fine. Like her point, her parents had a nine year gap in an age difference. Yeah. I, I don't know. A lot of uh, the characters make comments because Scott does just kind of hang out with her and they make comments about how he's just babysitting. <laughs> yeah. Because he ran into her and her mom on the bus. Like, Yeah, but... Are you allowed to date outside your race? <laughs> what, what an asshole. He says, I don't care. That's, he's, yeah. try, he's trying to look for an excuse and she's basically like, yeah, I'm fine with this and my parents are fine with this. Like, um, So... That uh, the movie cut versus the alternate ending would uh, I prefer the movie cut, I think. Yeah, where sure. he ends up with Ramona leaving to some unknown location for sure. Yeah, that's uh, I, I would be I would be sad if it ended with all him ending up with Ramona after all that. Yeah, mm. although, how would we feel about him not ending up with anyone? That might be better, yeah. that's better, but I, I think. Uh, like Knives says, like you fought for her the whole time, you know what I mean? I, I it would feel so yeah. weird that after. I mean, I guess then you could. There yeah. could be something about more. It was like his journey of, of himself. It doesn't. You know what I mean? It, it would. It would be a different movie. Like it would be a yeah. good ending. And like I think that's a good arc for a different type of more serious movie. Mm. It would turn serious. It, like, it would yeah. be. It would be very serious. But for this, for the movie to have a satisfying ending, you want them to just have that. Like, don't think about it too much. Don't expect that they're going to be married in the future. I don't want to see Scott Pilgrim two with their children running around. Like they'll have fun together for a while and go their separate ways. It, it kind of like it's such a different vibe and it's such a different movie, but it kind of reminds me of like the Truman show. Anyone watch the Truman show where like at the very end, like he has a choice to either leave because he finds out the truth and he fought so hard in like for like 10 minutes, whoops, for like 10 minutes to get out of that scene. Then he finds out the truth and it's like, imagine if he just stayed like, then it's like, that's the way the movie ends, right, yeah, you know? Yeah. So like, I, like I, I feel like leaving. it's like the same, yeah. it's the same kind of vibe of like, no, I'm, I'm appreciative that it ended the way it did. Yeah. He's in sort of an arrested development state, literally. Um, and this is like him kind of, you know, getting lift off at the end of the movie. Mm. Like, like we, he still lives within, you know, a hundred feet of his childhood home. By the way, I didn't mean to ruin Truman show for you. Yeah, it's fine. I, I know the whole plot okay. basically of both. Yeah. Yeah. So, what's your favorite song in Scott Pilgrim versus the World? Garbage truck. It's garbage truck. Garbage truck. I I like Threshold. That's good. I like garbage that. truck. Like I I was laughing. I'll be that your garbage one. man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe. Quack, maybe. Yeah, it's good too. Truck, truck, truck. <laughs> I I can't think of any of the names. The only I have the. It's, 
And I think I might be fucking that up. I think that's Launchpad with Quack. Might be Launchpad with Quack. I used to sing. I used to sing the garbage truck song to my daughter, like when she was a baby. Fantastic. Really? Yep. Yeah, I used to sing it to her. Nice. I thought it was funny. It's funny. Oh my god, it's so great. Be your garbage man. Um, I'm trying to get to. I mean, the the metric song is really good too, Black Sheep. Um, and I guess technically there's a Rolling Stones song in this one too that you could pick, but don't, you don't have to. So, um, I'm trying to get better. Last last month we had a better version of this, but trying to pick some connective tissue, like a question to ask on each of the episodes to tie the themes together. Would you go to a musical performance by any of the artists in this? Film. I mean, I went to worse. What do you mean? Like one of the bands in this? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I went yeah, to more crash in the boys. At least it'd be short. I could, <laughs> as a parent, as a parent, I, I can yes. appreciate a concert that would be over in under ten minutes. It's nice yes. that every every set in the that a band plays in this movie is less than five minutes long. Yes. Get home early. I have a feeling Clash of Demon Head probably actually be good. (laughs) Yeah, I actually like the Clash of Demon Head like performance. I I and like listening to her sing, I was like, I feel like this is something I would have listened to. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's tough, right? Because that's you know was Um, it Brie Brie Larson singing? That I think there's versions that are her singing, but I think that was just the metric song. Okay. Uh Emily Haynes, I want to say, is the front lady for metric. And then, um, I mean, Sex Bob, like I said, is just Beck. I've seen Beck, so I guess I've... He, his his music normally sounds different than that, but... Like I said, before you guys came over, I, like, reread the first book. And um, they, uh, they, they show, like, Crash and the Boys, like, doing their concert. And uh, they, like, the whole time they're just commenting about how awful Crash and the Boys are. Like, everyone's like, wow, this sucks. <laughs> and then Crash and the Boys, their last song is, like... Let's kill the audience, <laughs> and like they're, they're like, wait, they can't be serious. And then, um, Stevens like, oh no, he's like, they don't actually die, but it knocks them unconscious for about like twenty to thirty minutes. And he's like, but we're playing next. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go out on stage, and the whole audience is just laying on the ground. <laughs> That's fantastic. I I feel like they do a good job of making. Clash of Demon Head seemed like there could be a real band that would be like famous while Sex Bob Omb is like clearly a garage band. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh so this is a Edgar Wright movie, as we said before. It's the only movie he makes during the Cornetto trilogy. So Shaun yeah. of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. Then he makes this, then World's End. Um I don't know. You guys like his movies? He's also made Baby Driver and Last Night Soho in Soho since then. I've only seen a couple of his. I think I. What, what, what were the first couple you mentioned? Um, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, World's End. I've seen uh, the first two of those. Mm-hmm. And I like those. They're good. They're funny. Yeah. Yeah. I also haven't seen the end of the Cornetto trilogy. I feel like I need to wait since I've been on a podcast for at least one of them. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like the only one I've seen is Hot Fuzz. Yeah. It, it, it's going to take a while for us to get to the World's End, but um, it's a good movie. You can check it out. I think I think less people just in general have seen that one. Mm. Fewer people, sorry, grammar. That's fair. Um, Wait, did he do also do Ant Man? So it's funny. Um, he was supposed to do Ant Man. That's what but he had too many good ideas, so Disney fired him. Oh, that sounds like Disney. Um, he well, 
he wanted to do too much of his own thing, I guess. So he he did get fired. He still has a writing credit on Ant on the first Ant Man. Okay. But um, yeah, I mean it's an all star cast and crew. Bill Pope is the director of photography on this, the cinematographer. He's worked with Sam Raimi a lot. He's on uh, Army of Darkness and the second Spider Man movie that Sam Raimi made. Um, he's also the guy that shot the Matrix movies. So. Then you get him for this. Kind of makes sense. Mm. Uh, yeah, good movie. Good people involved. Like you mentioned before, the craft of it is just so fine-tuned in like every aspect. Yeah, just put together love. Yeah. Probably freeze every frame and pick out like six jokes that go along with what's going on at any given moment. For real. All right, well, let's get to ratings unless there's any other more expansive thoughts anyone wants to get out there. Every week, we'll take the ratings that we put into this segment of the show, and I'll put them on Letterboxd. And uh, when I say every week, we'll do the ratings every week. When I put them on Letterboxd, who can say, on any scale of your choosing, aside from stars, give this movie a rating from 0.5 to 5, and you can go up by halves. Why don't I ever think of this ahead of time? Mm. No one does. That's the uh, beauty of it. Yeah, I always forget. I'm gonna. I'm ready, though. I'm going to give it. There's one really obvious one. Uh, can I do out of seven? No. no. I'm going to give it um, four and a half out of five vegan chicken parms. Okay. I appreciate you not taking the easy one. Five out of five boyfriends stolen by Wallace. Nice. It's a good Perfect. One. It's a good, good one. Five out of five, my brains. It's <laughs> good. Five out of five evil exes. I like it. Uh, I didn't think you'd take it. I was like, I was going to take it if no one else took it. <laughs> it would just be weird if no one took it, was my thinking. Uh, I am also going to give this a five out of five, like everyone aside from Greg. And mine is five out of five pieces of bread, parentheses, which make you fat. Bread makes you fat? <laughs> I almost did that one. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I, I have one final question related to this movie. Yes, please. If this movie came out today, would it bomb again? Like, first time released. I don't think so, because even last night in Soho made money, and that movie, it's not good. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I'm still surprised this movie bombed. I think there had to be in a lot of combination of factors to make it bomb. If this was released, like, even, like, a little pre-COVID or now, I feel like this... Maybe maybe I'm wrong, because even at the time, I was like, this movie's great. How, how could this thing fucking bomb? But I think audiences have caught up to the pace. Yeah. Um... It was too. It was too smart. It was too smart for your audiences. It was yeah. too smart for me. I didn't like it when I first saw it. Yeah, people are not currently burned out on Michael Sarah. Mm. We're all really excited to see him play Alan in the Barbie movie this summer. Um, so I think there's a few different factors, but I don't know. It's weird. Um, it's kind of IP, but it's not like a big, huge can't miss kind of IP, and um. Those movies aren't really making a ton of money right now, but it can't do worse than it did when it actually came out. Um, thanks for being on. The guest this week for Scott Pilgrim versus the World was Ray, Greg, Martha, and Robbie. Bye. You're, yeah, you're you're welcome. Uh, Thank you. Bye. Jesus. My brain. You can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podbean. You can Google us and find it wherever you get your Google results. Um, Just Google normally. Yeah. What's the website for that? Google. I want. Yeah, I wanted someone to ask me, but it was fine. <laughs> um, 
yeah, you can email Noah at late to the movies at gmail.com. You can uh, look at our Instagram late to the movies underscore podcast. Hangouts everywhere we are. Have a good night. I'm, ass- I'm assuming you're listening to this at night. If not, you did it wrong. I don't know. I've never. I also don't know how to end the show. I'm sorry. Just end it with I'm sorry. I'm sorry for not putting in the <laughs> Bo is Afraid timestamps last episode. And he's sorry for not paying his livable wages. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night.